This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. Have your kids ever just gotten on your last nerve? I mean, it wasn't intentional, but they pushed you to the brink of snapping and completely losing it. Well, Numbers 11 is one example of an exasperating people and how Moses handles such frustration. It's very telling for us. And so on today's podcast, we'll uncover how Moses dealt with this people and how we can deal with the people or kids who frustrate us as well. Numbers chapter 11, verse 23 is what I want you to see today. The Lord answered Moses, is the Lord's arm weak? Now you will see whether or not what I have promised will happen to you. There are so many lessons packed into this chapter. And as we begin the book of Numbers, let me challenge you to watch the overview video on the book included in the reading plan. It's going to give you an excellent overview of the book of Numbers and how it fits into the storyline of God's plan. And so I encourage you to watch it. After having camped for over a year at Sinai while God initiated his covenant relationship with his people through the laws, the sacrifices, the tabernacle, now finally, after a year, God's presence begins to move this people toward the land that God had promised them. Now, this should have been a joyous celebration as the Lord and his people together, really for the first time, begin to move toward the promised homeland and to pick up the storyline that had really stopped for a year while God had given them all these instructions. But instead of a time of joy, the people had gotten comfortable there at the base of Mount Sinai. And now the moving and all that was involved with that caused the people to murmur against Moses. Verse 1 says that they complained about their hardship. Now, the ESV translates this word misfortunes. Now, can you just imagine with me the brazen rebellion it takes to openly complain about your misfortune? I mean, just think about all that God had done for them. When he found them, they were slaves in Egypt. They were toiling in anonymity as slaves, and God redeemed them. He delivered them with great power and display. He rescued them from the hands of their pursuers in the sea. They had seen water from rocks, manna from heaven. God had descended on Mount Sinai before them and had declared his intentions to dwell with them and be their God. He had promised them a land that was flowing with milk and honey. And now as they embarked on leaving for that land, they begin to openly complain about their misfortune. What misfortune? How ungrateful can you be? The sense of the word here is actually misfortune stemming from an event of some kind. So presumably these people are upset at having to move after having been there for a year. They would rather stay in the wilderness than go to the land of promise because it was just too difficult to make the journey. No wonder the fire of the Lord fell and burned the edges of the camp. God's anger would have been justified to burn this whole camp up, and had it not been for Moses, that judgment likely would have happened. 
Then the complaining began to be not about having to move, but about what they would eat. The people started to complain about the manna that God was providing for them. Can you imagine? This manna was a daily miracle in the desert. It was a palpable gift of God's grace in providing for them in the desert that he was leading them through from their captivity to their freedom. It would have been one thing for God to deliver them. It would have been another thing for God to have brought them to the land of promise. It's entirely another thing after that to give them food on their journey, which is what God does, and they have the gall to complain about it. Rather than thank God for it, they developed a taste for something else. They instead longed for the meat that they ate in Egypt. They said, we remember the free fish that we ate in Egypt, along with the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and ugh, onions and garlic. But, but now our appetite is gone. There's nothing to look at but this manna, verse 5 and 6 says. Now, I think that this might be one reason why God had moved them out of Egypt in the first place, because he's trying to get them away from those onions. But God was trying to move them away from all that nastiness. Uh, I'm just kidding. I digress. But can you imagine how this must have sat with Moses and God? I mean, Moses had done nothing but babysit this petulant group of whiny toddlers since he birthed these people in Egypt in the first place. And you can imagine Moses' frustration. And yet it's important to see what Moses does with it. He takes it to the Lord. Verses 10 through 15 tell us that Moses heard the people, family after family, weeping at the entrance of their tent. The Lord was very angry, and Moses was also provoked. So Moses asked the Lord, Why have you brought such trouble on your servant? Why are you angry with me? And why did you burden me with all these people? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth so you should tell me carry them at your breast as a nursing mother carries a baby to the land that you swore to give to their ancestors? Where am I going to get meat for all these people? For they're weeping to me. Give us meat to eat. I can't carry these people by myself. They're too much for me. If you're going to treat me like this, kill me now if I have found favor with you. And don't let me see my misery anymore. Moses has had it. He cries out to God under the pressure of leading these people. But notice where he takes it. He takes it to the Lord. This is the one safe refuge that Moses has. Remember back in Leviticus when the Lord told Moses that his presence would go with him and he would find rest there? Moses takes God at his word, and this frustrated leader takes these people to the Lord and gives them back to him. The Lord hears Moses' prayer, and he raises up 70 men who will stand beside him. The Lord gives these men some of the spirit that is on Moses, and they helped him carry the burden. God then tells the people to consecrate themselves and get ready to eat. And I, I love this. There's so much sarcasm here. It is almost as if God is saying, you want meat? I'll give you meat. Not for one day, not for two days, not for a week. I'm going to give it to you for a whole month. And I'm so going to stuff your face with meat that it's going to run out your nose. This imagery really underscores God's frustration with their complaining. Moses checks God on this one and says, God, that's, that's a lot of meat for this people. <laughs> to which the Lord responds, is my arm too weak to accomplish what I have promised? We learn an immense lesson about God's power here because he does precisely what he said he would do among these people. And as the meat is literally between their teeth, he makes them sick with a plague from the meat that they so craved. The marker here in the desert is potent. 
Moses calls this place Kibroth Hatava, which means the grave of craving. What a powerful image here. Here lie the bones of men who craved something other than what God had miraculously given them. These tombstones told a powerful story about ingratitude and complaining. And as we seek to apply these truths, we learn that God has little patience with ungrateful people. People who complain about the inconvenience of having to move along their spiritual journey. You know, it's easy for us to get pretty complacent and comfortable on our journey toward the land of promise. But we dare not get lazy in the wilderness when it comes to our spiritual progress. Because when we get stubborn like a donkey who will not move from their haunches, God has little patience with that kind of apathy. We are instead to be followers of Jesus, which means when the Spirit moves, when the cloud moves, we proceed with it. We're to be continually growing, continually following, always moving toward maturity, looking more like Jesus as we approach the land prepared for us. The song, I Shall Not Be Moved, should not be a song that we should take pride in. We also need to be careful complaining on that journey about what we wish we had. We need to learn to see the daily miracles, the manna from heaven, dispatched to us every morning. And we need to make sure that we're not trying to cultivate desires for something else. Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. To be ever complaining about wanting an abundance of something else rather than being grateful for what we need today is absolutely heinous. It's even more evil to spurn the daily miracles that God has given us, opining over the stuff that we don't have but we wish we did. We might just find ourselves so stuffed with it, it's coming out our noses only to find out it actually makes us sick. We need to learn to be grateful for what God has given us and remember to be content with it. For we should instead seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his character. These should be the things we long for, not the potted meat of our slavery. Finally, we have to remember that when people around us weary us, there's only one place you can take that, to the Lord in prayer. Moses didn't complain to the people like they complained to him. Instead, he took it to the place that they should have took their frustration, to the Lord. May we ever find ourselves in God's presence, unburdening our heart to him, rather than laying that burden on others by complaining. Moses knew firsthand the weight that those complaints had caused him, and he knew that no one else could take that burden. Not even he could bear it. So Moses took it to the one he knew who could handle it. And when he did, he found the help he was needing. And so will we. So Jesus, keep us humble and grateful. Guard us against the apathy of complacency and the abhorrence of complaining. Help us to be thankful for the daily miracles and protect us from complaint. Help us to take our frustration to you and you alone, and may we find the rest and peace we need in your presence as you lead us safely home. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. 
For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.